0: Well, let's open in prayer, and then we'll dive in. Lord, we thank you for the book of Romans, how it shares your love to us, how it shares uh, vital information for our Christian life, uh, that we understand more about you and how we should live each and every day, Lord, and we just thank you for it in your name. Amen. So what is chapter six through chapter eight of Romans addressing? Do we remember? What the the chapter six through eight, so chapter one uh, eighteen through three twenty is going over what? Do we remember? Our status, our, our, who, who were we before salvation? We were condemned, right? And so uh, our status before salvation was condemned, and we were under sin, and uh, that's what chapters one eighteen through 3.20 is about, and then you get into 3.21 through the end of chapter number 5, and that's going through what? We are justified. okay So we were uh, dead in our sins. All we could do is sin is what chapters one through three, chapters uh, middle three through five is talking about the great doctrine of justification. and then chapter number six gets into sanctification, how we live out the Christian life. There's two aspects of sanctification. One, do we know what do we remember what the first one is? First aspect of sanctification is what? Positional. It's important that we recognize that there is two aspects to sanctification, not just one. Okay? There has to be that recognition that we are positionally sanctified uh, in Christ. When we are justified at the same time, we are sanctified, set apart And looked at and viewed as holy uh, in the sight of God. Righteous in sight of God. Now, does that mean that that's the way we are uh, as humans? No. Okay, That's the way God views us. What are you looking for, Joseph? Jessica's getting some more. So that's the way God views us. Is sanctified completely. Now, the second aspect of sanctification is what? progressive sanctification that means we grow in our sanctification we grow in our obedience none of this is on your paper for those that don't have one this is just a quick review okay um, so through verse chapter 6 through chapter 8 it goes back and forth talking about the positional sanctification and and the progressive sanctification and how both of those play out in the Christian life. And why is it important for us to know these things? It's because the, the underlining truth of the principles of salvation are all wrapped up in justification and sanctification. And it's the, the vital part of the Christian life is to understand these true principles. And understanding what we're going to be talking about today is our position and who we are in Christ. What Christ has done for us is what we're going to see and who we are because of what he's done for us. Okay, there she is, the lady of the hour. You had to get more paper. So who doesn't, who doesn't Mike and Beth and Joseph need one? He needs one right there. Everybody else, I think, has one. Okay. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 8 is where we're going to start. Okay, verse number 8. We have several verses we're going to read this morning. So, uh, be ready to flip and turn. Some of these we've read already, but they're going to uh, give us more insight um, to what Paul is even talking about here okay now if we died with Christ okay so we take chunks of the chapters and teach them because there's too much information to read this as Paul intended it okay so when we do this we did we went through chapters six two through seven last week um but It's good for us to back up so we understand what Paul is saying here in verse number 8. Because if we just read verse number 8, then it it might not be fully clear. Okay, So backing up to verse number 6, it says, Knowing this, that our old self was what? Crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is freed from sin. Okay? So now we're picking it up. We talked about that last week, but that's what Paul is referring to when he says now if we have died to died with Christ, okay? So we were crucified with him. That that's stated in verse number 6, and then Paul brings it a, a reiterates it again in verse number 8. Now, if we have died with Christ who is the we this is going to be important as we walk through these verses especially when we get into verse number 10 who is the we in this verse believers Believers, okay it's important that we get that okay now if we have died with Christ we believers believe that we shall also live with him okay so this is a big statement why uh, I'm gonna, I'm want to get some good interaction today. Why is this a big statement from Paul? If we died with Christ, we also live with Him. Okay, good. So now, if we died with Christ, uh, I I was listening to a story. Um, of a man that met an old pastor, and forgive me, I don't remember the older gentleman's name, but it was an old pastor. He said it was in his 90s. And during his ministry... He uh, got the opportunity for the first time to go to the Holy Lands and and see Jerusalem and all of that, which would be uh, on a bucket list of anybody that knows the, you know, or is a student of Scripture, right? To be able to go walk where Jesus walked. And he, he had that opportunity. It was the first time he had been there. And he got to go to Golgotha and he got to see where Christ, um, the place where Christ died. And the tour guide said, uh, Who you know, who has been here before? And he raised his hand. The tour guide said, well, when I met you, you said you'd never been here before. He said, I was here 2,000 years ago with Christ. I was crucified on the cross with Christ 2,000 years ago. So yes, I've been here before. And that was the perspective that pastor had of Golgotha and the crucifixion. And that's what it says there in verse number uh, six, right? Knowing this, that, we, that our old self was crucified with Christ. So those of us that believe were there, nailed to the cross with Christ at his death. Okay, that's what it's saying here. Now, if we have died with Christ, our old self, the sinful life our old condemned life was has died with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him so we're going to first we're going to we have uh, three sections to read on the death with Christ okay galatians tw- uh, 2 and verse 20 galatians verse or chapter 2 and verse 20 who's got that and then someone grab galatians 5 24 and 25, again, we've read these before, uh, but they are are good for this. And then Colossians 3, Colossians 3, 9 and 10. So who's got Galatians 2.20? This is a pretty familiar verse. Go ahead if you got it. Oops, that one should have been down on the next point. Sorry about that. All right. Anyways, this, the, the idea that we died with Christ. I'm sorry. These. What's that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. loved me and gave himself for me. Right. Okay, so Christ died for our sins. He gave himself for us. We died to sin with Christ on the cross, and he was raised in newness of life for us, okay? So we not only have died with him, but we are raised with him, and that's uh, the next part of the verse. But Galatians 5, and these, again, um I didn't have, well, never mind, we'll just... We'll We'll look at these verses and then we'll we'll move to uh, verse nine as well. All right so Galatians five twenty four and twenty five what does that one say Okay, so those of us in the beginning of that verse it says, we have crucified okay this idea that our old self, the old way in which we lived. Uh, the way which we were born into, that life was crucified at the cross with him. So we are no longer living in that condemnation state. Okay, Colossians 3 9 and 10. Okay, so we have put aside that idea of put aside is the idea of we are crucified we are set aside from that old self okay and now getting down we shall also live with him okay we are alive we live with him uh this refers to uh and he goes the all these verses kind of go together they just keep compounding on each other okay so we shall live with him uh, 1 Corinthians 15:22 1 Corinthians 15:22 you can put Galatians 2:20 well which John just read in this section as well okay we live with him but 1 Corinthians 15:22 Ephesians 2 in verse number 5, Ephesians 2 and verse number 5, Romans 6, 23, and probably uh, one of the most recognizable verses uh, in our Bible is John 3 and 16, okay? So, someone want to read 1 Corinthians 15.22? 1 Corinthians 15.22? Okay, so in Adam, we all what? We all died. We were all dead. In our spirits. But in Christ those of us who believe are made alive okay Ephesians 2: 5 amen okay so Paul continues to reiterate the fact that we were dead you know, right the, the reason why I want to bring this up is this is in several different letters to several different people And Paul is consistent in what he teaches. The fact that we were dead to sin, but we are now alive to Christ. Ephesians 2, verse 5. Ephesians 2, verse 5. What does it mean when it says we are dead dead in our sins? What is the concept Paul is getting at here? Did you get a paper? What does it mean when Paul refers to us as dead in our sins? What's the idea that Paul is driving at? No, what, our, our former state. Our former state. What does it mean to be dead in our sins? The idea that when he says death here, it's a bondage, it's a... A weight that's set upon you that you cannot get out from under we are dead we are wrapped up completely uh a dead person uh can do nothing right and that's that's the really the concept we are dead we are separated completely from god okay we are separated from life sin causes death Christ is the giver of life and this is in the spiritual sense okay we don't want to understand that that we're dead physically because that only happens once okay we're dead spiritually and that's where we get the term we are what born again we're new creatures okay we were dead And we were raised to newness of life. All of these terms are indicative of we were dead, we were trapped, we were enslaved in sin, and now we have a new life, a new uh, purpose, a new direction given to us, and the ability to separate ourselves from sin, where before all we could do is sin. Now it sounds very repetitive, right? Right? You guys have heard me say this over and over and over again. Why? It's not because I'm repetitive, it's because Paul is. And because Paul is, that means what? It's super important that we understand the concept Paul is getting here. He really labors the point And not only in Romans, but in Ephesians, in Colossians, and all of these other, Peter goes over it. It's very, very, in Timothy, and uh, Galatians, and Colossians, Ephesians, all of these continue the same thread of thought that we are dead to sin, but alive in God. Very, very important uh, that we grasp this as believers so vitally important okay so we all shall also live with him what is the concept there's two two concepts when it talks about the verse verse 8 at the end what are the two uh, ideas given here we shall also live with him so we've died to sin but we will live with him. What is what is the two thoughts given here? What do we think? Okay. Very good. So what would that in another in another way? How would you say if we're never gonna die again, then we were gonna live with him where? Eternally, right? Yeah. We have an eternal position with Christ. Okay? Our, before Christ, we were dead, and our eternal situation was what? Condemned to where? To hell, right? That's where our eternal status was before Christ uh, came into our lives. And now with Christ coming in and giving us a new life, a new birth, we live with Him. And this is eternally, but we also live with Him in a daily, day-to-day life. So those are your two aspects. One is eternal aspect. The other is just a day-to-day. We have the opportunity to live and fellowship with Jesus, God, the creator of not only you and I, but the whole world and our Savior. This This shouldn't be and is a big deal for us to grasp. So often as Christians, we read this, we know it, and it's great, and we move on. We don't want to become those Christians that just move on from understanding and falling in love with the concept of we have a new life in Christ, and we get to fellowship with Him. We get to acknowledge him and, and walk with him and talk with him, and his spirit lives within inside of us. What an, a, a mind-blowing concept for us as believers. Right? What does Romans three, or Romans six and verse 23 say? So just right over on your page. We're going to get there. We'll cover this in more detail. But what does this say? For the wages of sin is what? For the wages of sin. What your wage is when you go to work and you get paid, that is your wage. Okay? For the job you did. And you did such a good job of sinning that your wage is death. All right, you guys were expert sinners. You guys. I don't know about me, but you, no, I'm just kidding. You guys were expert sinners so much that you earned the wage of death. Okay, for the wages of sin is death. Now, the third word in that statement is such an important statement. Okay, yeah, uh, in the after death, what does it say? But. The what? Free. It's important that we understand this is a free gift. But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay? So our wages, what we earned. Do you have another paper, Jess? Get the last one, Stacy. All right, so the wages of our sin was death, but the free gift. Why is that word free important? Yeah. You can't, earn it. can't earn it. Right, so where does Paul talk about we can't earn our salvation, and why does he uh, say that we can't earn our salvation? So we can't boast. Do we know where that's found? Ephesians, but we also find it somewhere else in our study. We find it in Romans. We're at in Romans. Romans chapter number 4 is about this, right? We see where we talk about Abraham had faith and he didn't boast. Okay, looking back at chapter number four. All right, that's where we see it. Okay, it goes along with uh, Ephesians two eight and nine in that section. Uh, but yeah, chapter number four uh, reiterates the thought that salvation is a gift of faith to us. Uh, it's a free gift. Uh, if if we had any. Thing to do with our salvation, we would find a way to boast. Right? What did I, what did I say when, in verse 23 here? For the wages of sin, okay, that wage, the idea is we are really good at what we do. And what we are really good at is promoting ourselves, which is sinful. It's pride. And if God gave us any aspect that we were involved in our salvation... We would boast in that, but it's a free gift of God, and God gives us eternal life. Not eternal condemnation, that's where we were, but now we have eternal life in Christ Jesus who is our Lord. The idea there is everything in our life focuses off of what Christ has done for us. If you're not understanding the theme of this, it's all about who? Christ. Everything is about Christ. Okay? It's not about you and I. It's about our position that he has put us in. He has put us in and made us alive in him. Very important, okay? That's verse number 8. We are dead to we are die, we died with Christ. And because we died with him, we are alive with him. And he he continues that thought in verse number nine. All right, in verse or John three sixteen. Who's going to quote that for me? Who knows that one? What does John three sixteen say? But who shall ever believe in him shall not what. perish that idea of perish is the condemnation that wage of sin you shall not perish but have what everlasting life the idea of living with god forever that's that's a wonderful verse okay all right in verse number nine okay verse number nine raised for uh christ raised from the dead all right knowing this knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead. We're going to stop right there, okay? Such a vital statement to the Christian's life. If Christ died for our sins and stayed in the grave, we wouldn't be here today. There would be no purpose in it. But because he died and rose again. We serve a risen Savior. All right, we got a lot of verses to read here that reiterate the importance of the resurrection. All right, the importance of the resurrection. So we're going to read these uh, quickly, all right? 1 Peter 1.3. 1 Peter 1.3. I'm going to read these out, write them on your points there. 1 Peter 1, 1.3. Romans 10 and verse 9. Romans 10 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 8. Galatians 1, 1. Alright, so who's going to get Peter? Does someone turn? Okay, alright. So you turn there and just hold it. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. Mike? Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 8. Jess? And Galatians 1, 1. Laura? Galatians 1, 1. All right, go ahead, Stacy. Okay. We are born again to a living hope. And what does the end of that verse say? By the what? By the resurrection from the dead. It's talking about Jesus' resurrection. The reason we have a living hope is because Jesus was raised from the dead. Okay. Paul is reiterating that here in verse number nine. Romans ten and verse nine. That if you confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Okay. Did you confess with your heart and believe that what? He raised him from the dead. Again, a vital, important aspect to our doctrine is that we understand Christ. And and what does it it say? That they raised him from the dead. Okay, He wasn't sleeping. He didn't fall into a coma. He wasn't knocked out on the cross and, and was unconscious. He was dead. The penalty, the wages of sin, someone had to what? Die. The wages of your sin, the penalty of your sin. What you deserve for your sin is death. Someone has to pay that. And it should be you and I. And Christ took that upon himself and died. he paid that penalty and that is what Paul is driving home here and and he and he continues to keep building on that thought as we're going to work through this passage all right first corinthians fifteen fourteen okay. What I, what I said, right? If Christ has not been raised, your preaching is vain. I'm just a bunch of hot air, which is true anyways, but um, I would be more hot air if I was up here preaching and Christ had not been raised from the dead, okay? It is in vain. So that the true importance of grasping that he is risen from the dead. 2 Timothy eight. so Paul is reiterating the fact that in my gospel remember Jesus was raised from the dead constantly reminding bringing that point back uh, to uh, remembrance Galatians 1-1 okay this is Paul's greeting to the Galatians and what does he start off with? who raised him from the dead, okay? If this wasn't important, I don't believe Paul would constantly and Peter be bringing the fact up that he was raised from the dead. So um, this should be a major part of when we share the gospel and understand the gospel that the powerful God raised his son from the dead, all right? All right, so... um, Knowing, this, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Never to die again. Why did Christ have to die? You have a blank there. What, what would be that blank? Why did Christ have to die? Yeah. Why was it Christ that had to die? Way God set it up, but what? Did it, why was it Christ? Why couldn't um, Why couldn't Paul or somebody else die for our sins? Because they were sinners. So, what did it take for a person to pay the penalty for our sin? To be sinless, to take the sins upon Him who knew what no sin. Okay, so your blank there is He uh, is to. Uh, it is the penalty of sin. Christ had to die. Someone that was perfect, which Christ is the only one that could fit that bill, had to pay that penalty. okay So uh, he raised from the dead he is never to die again, okay no longer the the I, the concept there what what do we believe Paul is talking about when he said he he's never to die again. Would Christ have died the first time if it wasn't to pay for our penalty? No. Okay? Now, he he says in verse number 10 that he died once and that was for all. He only had to do this once. Christ doesn't have to pay this penalty over and over and over. When Christ gave himself as a sacrifice for you and I on the cross of Calvary and died for us, he paid for sins past Present and future. That's why that pastor could say 2,000 years ago, I was nailed to the cross with him. He paid for all sin of the redeemed. Okay, those that are redeemed, he paid for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And he only had to do it once. He paid that penalty one time, and that was sufficient for all who believe. Okay? Uh, and then it says here. Let uh, me see. Death is no longer master over him. What is the idea of master? What do we what do we see here? What is Paul trying to get us to understand when he uses the word master? Does somebody else have a different word than master? Someone some might have dominion. Death no longer has dominion over him. Okay. Master, dominion. What is the concept given here? No, power, no, control. no control. No domination. Death had control over Jesus for how long? Three days. Three days. He had control. Death, Satan thought he had won. Right? Through a, a big party. Then woke up on the third day and said, Oops. Oops got that one wrong okay we see in the gospels uh jesus refers to this uh three days right what does he say tear down what tear down this temple and in three days i'll rise it up and they all sitting there scratching their heads saying well it took 40 years to build this temple how are you going to build it back in three days well they were confused right he was talking about himself ironically jesus could build it back in three days if he was talking about the temple right because he's god the same god that built the entire universe in seven days could probably build it a temple but that's not what the idea was he was talking about the temple his own self tear this down kill me and i'll rise again in three days okay sin death all of that stuff was placed upon God, placed our Jesus on the cross. He died. He paid that ultimate penalty for you and I. And then it was done away with. Sin, death, all of that no longer has any authority. God has all of the authority. Okay? Such, a, such an important, vital uh, concept that we understand that... Death no longer is master over him. It was only master over him for a very short married time, three days. And when he rose again, what do we say? He rose victorious from the grave. Okay? That word is complete victor. It's not that he won a battle. What's the difference between winning a battle and winning the war? If you win the battle, can you still lose a war? If you win the war, it's over, right? And that's what the concept here is, is that Christ has conquered death and he has won. And no longer does death have any power over him. Steve? You were. You were. You were crucified with him. The, the concept is, the picture is as if you were. That's the idea. So the idea is that uh, the picture Paul is giving is if the nails were put in my hands, the same as Christ. I was crucified with him. The same. Christ gave it to me, but because we are in Christ, it is as if we were crucified with him. That's the, we're, we're inseparable. Because we are in Christ. We are new creatures. We are put together with Christ. A Christian and Christ being together are inseparable. He died for us, but because we're in him, it's as if we had died at the same time. We died as well. Yeah, we died to sin. We died on the cross to that sin. That penalty was paid for us as if we had died at the cross. Because we are united with him, does that is that making sense? We are united with him. And so what Christ did on the cross is, is if we had done it. Um, you know we he paid that penalty, but because we're with him. It's not that we could have done it ourselves, okay the The beauty of this is we were, at the cross, we were nailed to the cross. We were crucified with him. But because it was with him, we are also raised to newness of life. If we were crucified on the cross for our sins, remember there's two people, right, that died on the cross along the side of him. Right? One believed in him and one didn't. The person that was crucified that didn't believe him, did he raise to newness of life? No. No. He was crucified, died, and that was he, he's going to spend eternity in damnation. Okay, So if you and I were just crucified on the cross, not having it with Christ, we would not be brought to newness of life. And that's what Paul is driving at. Because we are in Christ, we are crucified with him, but because we are in him, we are brought back to life with him as well. That is the glorious picture Paul is bringing to, to light here. We are not only crucified with Him, well, that sin penalty was paid for for us as if we had died, but because of Him, because of our united with Him in justification, that blood penalty covering us and uniting us, we are raised to life again with Him. Does that make sense, Steve? Okay. Okay? Very good. Any other comments on verses 8 and 9? It's amazing when you slow down and you start thinking about this, how we can spend 45 minutes on two verses. This is how true Bible study should go. We shouldn't rush through Scripture. I'm a fan of reading through the Bible in a year. I think it's a good idea if you can do it. But that needs to be... Extra, or that needs to be on top of your Bible study. The idea, when you know, sometimes uh, was said when I was growing up: if you're not reading, you know, five chapters a day, and praying for forty-five minutes to an hour, you're probably not as right with God as you should be. Is a is a horrible concept. No, no, no. Yeah, you gotta you gotta live a certain way. Okay. Personally, I think if you are in tears and are struggling to get through two or three verses, there's something going on inside. If you can read four chapters and then go to work and it doesn't affect you at all, you haven't accomplished anything. Okay? We should slow down and allow the Spirit that lives inside of us to illuminate Scripture to us. Okay? Bring questions and 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 search the scriptures, and really this letter is written to us to to give us encouragement and to enlighten us what Christ has done. Any other thoughts on those verses or questions yeah my brother in law 's dad uh, Eldon martins uh, preached for over I want to say it was like 47 years. He was a pastor, and he told his he told his son um, shortly before he passed away. He's like, you know, I have preached through the entire Bible, and I've preached for 47 years, and it doesn't get old. And I'm constantly finding new stuff, finding new not new in the fact that he's drumming up something new. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but just deeper and deeper and deeper. And then when he died, he got to heaven, and he's been there for five, six years, and he's finding out he didn't really even know then, right? He's finding it even to be more deeper, and he'll do that for the rest of eternity, is how deep God is. Yeah, we were united with Christ, right? Yeah, speaking to his foreknowledge of us, speaking to his, our predestination, speaking to, uh, and we'll get to that as we get into uh, chapter 8 and chapter 9, uh, where it really speaks to that, um, what, what John's bringing out there. So uh, the, the idea that God knew before the foundations of the world who was going to believe because he predestined that. He was chose us before the foundation of the world um that we would walk in the way that he would have us walk amen any other thoughts yeah steve for the wages of sin and death christ paid the wages. yep I didn't have to. yep that's right and I'm with yep yeah. yep we don't have to pay that okay um Verse number 10, unless there's something else. I get really excited to teach. My wife tells me on the way home, I ask her how I did, because I always want to know. And she says, you did well other than you don't give anybody a chance to talk. Because I get really excited to teach when I study. And then she says, well, you say, does anybody have any questions? And then you go right back into teaching. So I don't want to make sure I'm not doing that, all right? Anybody have anything else to say before I get back? Okay, let's go. All right. Anything else? Okay. Yes. Go ahead, Joseph. yeah 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 that's it's not i I know the verse but it's not ringing a bell where it's at okay, so uh verse number ten okay I wanted to remind you again of the free gift, and I want you to remind you um of verse number eight it says now if we okay the we is referring to who? Where is it at, Stacy? Hebrews, Hebrews 2 9. Look at Stacy, Bible scholar back there. All right. Hebrews 2. Go ahead and read it for us. What does it say, Joseph? Uh, but we do the that, we uh, okay. What verse is that? Hebrews 2 9. Okay, so Romans 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin. Okay? He paid that penalty for sin once for all. So the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. He only had to pay that penalty once, and we've talked about this. But Paul uh, reiterates that idea, okay? In verse number nine, he says he'll never die again. Death no longer is master over him, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Okay, so this is a one-time transaction. Took place two thousand years ago. Christ died for. The penalty of sin. He died because of sin. The sin was placed upon Him on the cross. And He did that. Once for all. What is the once for all referring to? Very good. Okay. Is it all mankind? so, What's important to get here is some believe that this verse is speaking that Christ died for all mankind. Is that a true statement? Right. But everyone doesn't. And so the all here, and, and remember, and, I, and I've stated this statement before, all does not mean all in the same concept, or in the same way, you know, it's all in the, con- the, the correct context, okay? So, he died once for all. Well, if the all meant all people, then the atoning blood would mean that it was put upon all, and then all would be saved. And so why would we even be worrying about reading that some are saved and some aren't? It, it, it wouldn't make sense. Okay, so, and and remember context. The understanding of context. We have died. This is talking about believers, and so when in verse number ten he says for for the death that he died, he died once for all for all those who believe. It's not for all of humanity. Okay, and Paul gets he gets into that. The more he gets into uh, the book. And I don't want to get ahead of us, but uh, in chapters 8 and chapters 9, he talks about the, the election, and he talks about that in, in other uh, books as well. Okay, But I want to make sure, because you're going to have some people that believe that humans have a choice in salvation, and they might bring you to verse number 10 and say, see, Jesus died once for all, and you need to be able to understand and be able to uh, clarify this for that person in love. Okay, We never want to use the scripture as, I am better than you because I understand it more. Uh, you don't want to fall into that trap of thinking, I'm going to explain to you out of all my wisdom what this actually means. For one, you're going to lose the audience with that person. They're not going to care what you say. Uh, and, and as well, that that the idea, uh, or the, the purpose in sharing and, uh, and uh, bringing to light what Scripture is saying is to edify the person. Not to bring them down or to make them feel dumb. Explain verse... Christ died once for all who believe. But that's the that's the idea because we understand in the concept of all of Scripture. No, that's not that's no. You're using Scripture to back up your point. Okay, so does when we look at the word all, if all referred to all men, then all would have to be saved, right? Do you believe that? Why? Where do you find that all are? Do we find that all are saved in Scripture? No, we find the contrary. Some are saved, some are not. And so understanding the entirety of Scripture is woven together and uh, we use Scripture to prove Scripture. What I meant by we don't look highly or haughty is you don't want to make them feel stupid and that you're more intelligent than they are. But we want to use All of scripture to explain scripture. Because sometimes scripture uses words that can look like it means something else. And so, and and how we would clarify that is we would go back to other places that talk about some are chosen, all, some aren't. All right. And we would go to uh, passages that talk about all of us are condemned under sin, none of us would choose God at any time. And so, if none of us would choose God, none of us would seek after Him, the only ones that do seek for God are the ones that God chose to bring Himself. And He didn't choose to bring all to repentance. Okay? All to repentance is not referring to all mankind. Okay? So, yes, we want to use Scripture to clarify where maybe something is uh, not as clear to me in context, this is clear, and it all comes from how you read and how your what your your uh, hermeneutics and how you understand Scripture. If you understand that you're coming uh, to this chapter and you already realize that. Christ has died, and for those who believe, and the only ones that are going to believe are the ones that he has chosen, when you read once for all, it doesn't cause you to trip. It doesn't cause you to, to sit there and say, oh, what does that really mean? Because you know the, the concept is all those who would believe in God, okay? Because all don't. No man will choose God, only the ones that God chooses, okay? He's a sovereign God. He's sovereign over salvation. And He is the one that brings us to life. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Yeah. Humbled, privileged, mind blowing that God would choose a wretched sinner like me. And it's so important that we put that asterisk on there. He chose a wretched sinner. He didn't choose someone that sins a little less than the other guy. And so, yeah, I want him on my ball team, right? It's not how God did it. You know, if you line up, you know, in the old schoolyard and you have the, the players on the wall and you have the two people choosing their players, God chose all the worthless pieces of garbage off the wall to be on his team. The sinful garbage is who God chose. Made up a motley crew. But because of Christ, we win. Right? Because of him. It has nothing to do with us and our talents, our abilities. It has to do with Christ working through us. Yeah. It's amazing. Should be humbled. Uh, Should be grateful. Um. Blown away at what he has done for those of us that are believers, that, are, that were captive in the sin. And as Mike brought out earlier, uh, he saw us in our worthless state and chose us and brought us to new life. Okay? Uh, here we are almost out of time. But the life he lives, he lives to God. What is that referring to? Your blank there is to glorify God. Okay? He lives to bring glory to God. When we see that Christ has risen, that brings honor and glorifies God. And that is what Jesus says in the gospel. He is here to glorify his Father. And then verse number 11, Even so consider yourselves dead to, to sin. We're dead to it. We no longer live in it. We're no longer slaves to it. We're no longer under bondage to it, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We live. We live to him. We live to worship him. We live to acknowledge him. We live to serve him. And we're going to ultimately one day live eternally with him. Amen? Yes, ma'am. We're dead to the bondage of sin. Okay, we're not dead to sin in the fact that we no longer sin. We're dead to the bondage, and so before uh, we became new creatures in Christ, all we could do was sin. Doesn't matter what we did; it was sinful because uh, if you give to the poor as a sinful person, it's a good deed, but still is considered sinful because you did it unto yourself. You did it in a prideful way or self-honoring way. Whatever. Okay? Again, if we go back to Romans 3, I'm going to constantly push this back to Romans 3 uh, for these kind of questions. Alright? Romans 3 verses 10, verse 10. There is none uh, righteous, not even one. There is none who understand. There is none who seeks for God. For all have turned aside. Together they have become useless there is none who does good there is not even one and the understanding the concept there is we can do good things in human mind but when it looks to god it's as filthy rags it's god doesn't view it that way he views it as sin okay all right that good that answer your question okay Good answer. All right. Well, I'm glad you approved, Joe. (laughs) Okay, well, let's pray, and we'll get ready for service. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy to us. Lord, we thank you for passages like this to teach us that we have died with you, but we are also raised with you, and we live to worship you, and ultimately one day spend eternity with you. Lord, thank you for that. In your name, amen.